Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to the HP Podcast, a show about video games from the three of your favorite boys. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon. What's going on, man? You're throwing me off a little bit, Brandon. Why is that? Because you're on the left side of my screen today. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, Brandon, you and I are in the same room, (laughs) and you are on my left side. But last week, I think Dave was in in the Zencaster room first, so he was on the left. And this time, you're on the left. And I don't really know how to act how to like respond to that my whole world is kind of in a tizzy right now i know even though i am on the left i am brandon i could say that for certainty uh-huh. um and dave is dave and he's on the right, right. Can't um, confirm. but will I, you be able to cope should we stop the pod right now <laughs> i just want to contest this because you said i am brandon that's for sure but if i didn't know you the name on your on your zencaster profile is bando calrissian so well you what am I supposed to do with that information? Do with it what you will. Okay. Um, we're going to keep it rolling, man. We're the funny thing it. is, is like, is you guys are both, you're Ben and yeah. you're, and you're Brandon. So when I come into these rooms, I just put D because right. you guys are both B, but you know, Ben's stage name is the great Dennis. So you've obviously got that there. So that completely ruins the, is that what's music. showing up? Yeah, ben, yeah. Because it's changed. It doesn't say that on my screen anymore. It says Ben is <laughs> yeah. handsome. Yeah, yeah this that's is, what, mine says Ben is handsome too. Yeah, oh, this really? is not this is not going well this week. We, we also got with people me on is the Dave. <laughs> Dave is on the right side of the screen for anyone who cares. Uh yeah, Dave's always on the screen, but it's you know, we're remote today. So Brandon, the other thing I wanted to mention, I think I may have talked about this before. It, it rings a bell in my head, but it looks like your microphone is pop is propped up on top of an old Xbox. It's like a shelf, man. It's a shelf. Okay. It's definitely a shelf. And the reason is, is God bless Phil RIP. Um, he, <laughs> he, he lent me this mic and it has the tiniest chody little stand that yeah. I have ever seen in my that entire life. Despicable. Um, you know, 
uh, and although it does the job, I do have to help it out a little bit. So the other yeah. option is for me to be slumped out of uh, out of the portrait. So yeah. I think we're uh, working with what we got here. Well, some at, le- at least it's to stand because you guys can't see this, but I'll show you now. My my uh, microphone is stacked on top of about a thousand dollars worth of university textbooks that oh I used God, once. So we Dave. got well, Dave just showed us his growing area. Anyone <laughs> who was curious, financial accounting. I think macro and microeconomics or business law or something Dude, like that. So. That is more expensive than any mic stand that you could ever have. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. And I would use books, but you don't have any, do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I got a couple, but you know, who knows where they're at or what they're being used for. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go with the stand today. Th- this is not to embarrass you at all because I don't have any problem with this, but and probably a lot of our audience doesn't read either, but it, when is what is the last book you read? Probably when I was in college, I would assume. Yeah, but I didn't really try there either. Yeah, uh, institutionalized learning is where like things fall off for me. Like right. form formal settings are not good for me. I'm more of a like look at it and do it kind of guy. Yeah, um, you're not you're not dumb by any means. You're, no, you're no, really no. smart. But middle of it's the funny road. because there's some <laughs> things that yeah, there's some things that I learned in college. Like sometimes you'll say a word that isn't a common word. And I don't know, but for whatever reason, I'm like, I don't think I knew that word till I was in college. That's right. And Brandon just said it on a gaming podcast where we talk about like fists inside of condoms, holding a joy con. So like, (laughs) dude, I, I, I'm not good at a lot, but I'm good at some things. Um, And uh, that's the way we keep it, my man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I listen mm -hmm. to enough people talking, whether it be media or otherwise, that, you know, I think I kind of make up a tiny bit. You Uh, consume. uh, I consume. Yes, I I consume. You consume while you're captive, while you're a captive audience, because you're not always captive when you're in a a lecture hall at school. But if you're listening to a podcast or something, then you're into it. Yeah, man. man. It's a choice, then, not a paid obligation <laughs> yeah I guess. you would think that because i paid so much money to go to college that that would have like enticed me but 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 like it it's like a visceral reaction it's like trying to mix oil and water um mm. for me yes. as far as it goes so right okay well all right that was the show uh we appreciate you guys listening no just kidding smash that motherfucking like button <laughs> <laughs> before we start officially just a reminder we are on patreon you can go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom to support us as little as a dollar a month get it for ad free early access if you want to help support the boys you can also pay a little more but you don't have to and if you want to hang out with us talk to us talk to the community you can go over for free to handsomephantom.com slash discord I, I should really check to make sure that link still works I'm going to do that live here we're doing it live anyway you can go over there to uh join the discord and hang out with our lovely community and not so lovely community. And, um, it's a lot of fun. We, we have a good time and that app definitely that link still works. So join us over there at handsome slash discord boys. There was a gigantic leak this week. Gigantic leak, a man in a giant size diaper. No, wait, <laughs> good loudy. the wrong news site up here. He has the other slack pulled up. In case <laughs> rotten.com, <laughs> I don't know what that site is, and I'm not typing it in. Sure. In case you missed it, Push Square reports, and a lot of other people report, that a gigantic GTA 6 leak has confirmed, has been confirmed as real 
as multiple devs are showing support for Rockstar. This is the original story, by the way. There is an update. Um, in case you missed it, GTA 6 was unceremoniously leaked to the public with about 90-minute clips of early to mid-development footage. There was some question as to whether this was the real deal or an extremely elaborate hoax, but Bloomberg, rep- Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier had confirmed it's legit. He confirmed it with a couple of people who worked at the studio. Citing Rockstar sources, Schreier says it's one of the biggest leaks in video game history. And Take-Two has forced YouTube videos offline, but obviously the damage has already been done. So I want to kind of talk about this, including the fact that I also saw that people who were just simply talking about it, not showing any footage, not talking about specifics, just talking about it, were getting copyright struck from Take-Two on YouTube, which is kind of criminal to me. I don't even think that's allowed because it's commentary on public social events, but I digress. Dave... Tell me a little bit about what you think about this leak. Not necessarily what you think about the game or what it looks like, but we will get into that. But just about, you know, the fact that a huge company like Rockstar that never has any leaks had a gigantic leak. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I started seeing the footage before I actually heard about the Like, I just saw a video and I, I guess I didn't even read the caption and I was like, what is this? Um, so I was watching this video before I even realized what was going on. And, um, you know, I, I pretty quickly realized that whatever this was, this was like early, early prototype stuff. And, you know, we don't actually know how far along uh, rockstar is with the development of GTA six. This footage could have been leaked. This could have been developed like, you know, a couple of years ago or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is right up there with like the Last of Us two scripts being leaked um, as far as massive, and we're seeing like actual footage of you know a game with a brand new protagonist that you know just about a month ago that's what everybody was talking about. Um, so it's huge. Um, I think seeing a lot of reaction to it was a little. Um, I don't want to say surprising because the internet's pretty dumb sometimes, but people actually looking at this and, and making judgment calls about the game really need to sort of check themselves because, uh, you know, a a game does not look very good on day one. It doesn't look very good on day 365. Um, and a lot of stuff you see is literally just there to test, you know, bounds and physics and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure IGN already has a review in progress out, and it's nine out of ten because it's a female protagonist. But I mean, yeah, this is this is it's pretty monumental. It's it's crazy, but it is nice to see a lot of the um, gaming world come out to defend, not necessarily Take Two and Rockstar, but more the people who are working on this, the people who are putting a considerable amount of creative effort and thought and all that kind of stuff into this to have their work leaked and critiqued before it's even ready to be seized the light of day. So, I mean, the internet's going to be the internet, but it is nice to see people coming out and, and backing up, you know, the creatives who are really pouring a lot of effort into this. So, yeah. For sure. And I saw like other people who have definitely had games like you mentioned Last of Us 2. Neil Druckmann came out in support and like obviously he knows the pain of having your game leaked with things that weren't finished in it. Uh, Brandon, there was a lot of speculation that the source code might be out there. And then, of course, you know, there's the fear that maybe the other they got other info, including like GTA source code info or GTA 5 source code info. And also there's GTA Online, which, you know, is tied into GTA 5. And of course, that's massive and could create a lot of other problems. Um, but it doesn't seem yet, at least that we know of that uh, that's happened, but 
How do you uh, foresee this impacting development? No, I think that if, in fact, source code did end up getting leaked, um, it was pretty extensive and there was a lot of tech. It was obviously and very clearly not not meant to be seen or finished um, whatsoever. But um, obviously the biggest thing for me, I mean, somebody seeing the game in something like The Last of Us, it's obviously devastating story-wise, but this is devastating in a different kind of way um, in so many different elements. I mean, you see tiny, minute uh, movements in, in, in clothing, the shooting, the destructibles. So this is something that was clearly in progress and not ready for the consumer. And I think that uh, you brought up a good point, Dave. I think it's really devastating. Um, I'm glad people are, you know, understanding that this is not a good thing. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's many people rallying this sort of thing, but um, someone's going to have to pay, I think. Rockstar... Um, Rockstar is going to be suing the shit out of somebody, yeah. I, I think. Um, but it looks really good, to be honest with you, especially for it being early. I mean, I don't think this is the ideal way that we should have gotten news, but it really is curious um, and kind of monumental, actually. I think you say maybe in history. I think this probably is the biggest leak in history. Uh, as, far I think, as, as far as like the game being important, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And I mean... Going back to The Last of Us, like I said, it might feel different in a story game when something's leaked because you don't want to mess with the integrity. But this is just on a different caliber um, that I think that a lot of people in the consumer space can't even acknowledge um, how detrimental this would be to the developmental process. So, um, yeah, man, I just feel bad. I just feel really bad. And you mentioned it earlier, Ben, especially from a company that isn't known, is very tight-lipped about almost everything. And you don't see Rockstar unless they're they're showing it to you, uh, for better or worse. So Yeah, and a um, lot of times they don't even like they don't let their employees like go out and socialize with other devs even. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I, I don't know how they can actually do that, but maybe that's just part of the agreement you have whenever you start working there. I actually have a funny story about that. There, Rockstar has, or had at least, uh, a studio in Oakville, which is, it's the same town that um, Cuphead, MDHR, right. is that right? Yeah. 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 Same town. So they had a studio there, and they actually had, uh, there was a hockey tournament at a place I used to work at. It was like a street hockey tournament. They had entered a team, so they were, everybody knew them as Rockstar Oakville. And um, I started talking to one of the guys, a couple of them, and uh, I jokingly brought up like, oh, are you working on, I think I said Red Dead Dead Redemption 2 or something. And these guys, like, they all broke into cold sweats. I think they have some sort of weird, like, NDA training, but, like, they didn't want to talk about anything. And obviously they wouldn't, but just I'll never forget their reaction when I brought that up. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Rockstar is is the anti Ubisoft in that nothing ever gets out until they <laughs> yeah. wanted to. Right? And and it's actually kind of sad. I I can't confirm any of this, but were we seeing stuff about maybe like a network or something being breached? I mean, maybe they were local files that got taken out. I don't know how it all happened. I didn't get the finite details. Yeah. Um, so I guess we don't really know. I'm sure Rockstar knows because they have logs that can tell you all, tell them all this kind of stuff. I'm sure. Uh, of course, there's speculation that's because of some remote work that people's personal uh, access was hacked or whatever. Uh, who knows? So we don't know if the source code's out there for sure. We don't know if like it could have been just that this person was able to gain access to a folder with some gameplay recordings. Right. And that's what they had. That's kind of what it seems like. I don't. Anyway, yeah. I, who knows? We well, don't we know. We do know Rockstar specifically said here's what here's what Rockstar tweeted out the other day. We recently suffered a network intrusion 
in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information in our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. Now, I feel like this is the point where they said they, they got information, including development footage. If they knew for sure there was anything else, I feel like they probably would have confirmed it, although maybe not, so that then somebody doesn't go and try to buy it or extort it or whatever. Anyway, at this time, we do not anticipate any disruption in our live game services, nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We're extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned and remain, and we remain as committed as ever to delivering our, the experience to you, our players, that truly exceed your expectations, et cetera, et cetera. So the messaging, while they wouldn't necessarily le- say that like things were leaked like that because of security concerns and other people trying to copycat and whatnot, uh, I feel like if it was more, if they knew the extent of it, they probably would have revealed a little more. But right. Who knows? I'm and, sure if they can track the guy down, they're suing him either way. But yeah. And I also fear, fear for the integrity of like remote work, too, because, right. I mean, honestly, this lends credibility. Dave mentioned it. We talked about this. We kind of got this leaked before. So the company that's not leaking, I mean, this completely confirms um, seamlessly. I mean, certainly this is not a finished product by any means or anything close, and it could still change. But this backs up the rumors that we heard before. So I just wonder, I mean, what's going on, man? Is it the remote work? Who knows? I mean, that kind of sucks if that's the case. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to suffer because of it. But um, it just definitely from Rockstar, like I said, it's it's abnormal. And this does completely confirm what we've learned about a month or two ago. So, yeah. And I don't I haven't seen I haven't looked for it either, but I haven't seen another source for this. But according to Dustin, um, our buddy Dustin, he said that the footage that was leaked was from like 2019 ish. Gotcha. So I saw that too, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, so this is early. Obviously we knew that whether it was now or years ago, but it seems like it was even potentially three or four years ago. So anyway, Brandon, speaking of the female protagonist, Dustin specifically sent us a message and said, I will be listening to the podcast on Wednesday. Now, first of all, that, that implies that he doesn't always listen to the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, he said, I will be listening to the podcast Wednesday to hear Brandon's impression of the GTA leaks uh, peach emoji. So could you give us a little comment on your impression? We, you know, you're the thirst guy. On I, the, uh, <laughs> I will say I was, I was admiring the skirt physics. Um, we're going to keep it at that. Um, it's an un, it's an unfinished product, so I don't want to judge. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yet. Um, but I'm liking what I'm seeing in all ways, in all angles. Yeah, um, yeah. in all positions. So, um, 2019. Hey, a lot, a lot could have changed since then. So, who knows? The short could be longer. No, dude. The, it could, the skirt. Yeah. It could. It could be. Yeah. Um, Imagine if somebody actually got the source code and the only thing they did was mess with it to make <sighs> mods to make the short skirt the the skirt shorter. Dude, um, absolutely. I, I could see a, some degenerate doing that, but I mean, hey, man, you know about Rule Thirty Four. I'm positive. I know of its existence. Yes. You know <laughs> what? You know what Rockstar could have done, and I would have believed them, is rather than admit that they got leaked, they should have just said the footage was just Saints Row. <laughs> <laughs> It's I current day Saints Row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. guys, that that's just Saints Row. <laughs> right. <laughs> we had it on our computer for because we were playing it, and yeah, it's exactly. already bad PR. They don't want it to get worse. So. <laughs> they want to distance, distance yeah, themselves like, as much as possible. Like we'll take the bad PR, but we don't want to be associated with Saints Row 2022. Dave, 
it was the opposite. They were worried people would think it was Saints Row. And so <laughs> they had to protect themselves from that. They're like, yeah. hey, we promise this is GTA 6. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, of something related to video games, Sony says the original <laughs> PSVR won't be compatible with the PSVR 2. This comes from Eurogamer.net. Of course, I've seen this a couple different places. So Sony has revealed its upcoming PSVR 2 headset for PlayStation 5 won't be compatible with games for the original PSVR. That's according to PlayStation's Senior Vice President of Platform Experiences, Hideo Hideaki Nishino. I think that's right. If it's not, I'm sorry. Hideaki. Speaking in the latest episode of the official PlayStation podcast, PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2. He explained in an answer to a question from the host because PSVR 2 is designed to deliver a truly next generation VR experience. Now, you know, we know there were some hands-ons and everything this last week, which looked cool. I didn't spend too much time on them, but I know that they, they showed off a lot of stuff. And of course that brought other conversations about the whether it was going to be backwards compatible and stuff like that. And I don't know. I want to start off by saying that I saw so much negative reaction and so many Xbox fanboy accounts, you know, fist pumping in the air because of this. But I just want to get your guys' impression before I give mine. Ugh, I'll go. Okay. These, uh, specifically the type of person you're mentioning, Ben, the, uh, and I'm not a console wars guy. Let me just put that out there right away. You have your preferences, but sure. Yeah, I have both anyway. So it's like you you choose to rest your microphone willingly on your Xbox. It's just it's just your preference. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, But everyone who is pissed off about this clearly didn't have a PSVR one and clearly has no understanding of how either one of them are going to work or maybe any VR headset ever, Um, because it's I can't imagine taking someone talking to a developer and saying, Hey, you remember that ridiculously difficult shitty system you had to develop for on PSVR one? Why don't you try and find a way to mold it into something that's completely different? You're comparing apples and oranges here. The tracking is so much different. We all know it was completely hobbled together uh, the first time around. And the fact that it worked at all is a miracle. If you ask me. Um, So people that are toting this as something to get internet points about is literally the most brain dead shit I have ever heard. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to say that first and foremost, Um, this is coming from someone who doesn't really have interest in the PSVR too. I just understand how the fuck it works. Right. Um, So that's really my take. Um, This. Yeah. You could have all the hot takes in the world. You're just an idiot when it comes to this. If you think PSVR 1 games should work on PSVR 2, it's just completely different. It yeah. is. And uh, I don't think I would want to play a lot of the PSVR 1 games on PSVR 2 anyway. Right. Um, unless it's super hot, <laughs> you sure. know, or something like that. But I don't know. We all know if you played the PSVR 1, it was fine for the time. Um, but it is time to move on. And this is uh, 10 out of 10, the right call. So... Uh, any thoughts on this, Dave? I know you're not like big into VR or anything. You got you got some relatives that have VR. I doubt they'll pick this up, but who knows? Uh, what are you thinking? I kind of wish I went first because now I'm going to look like the idiot. But uh, the, I think that the expectation has been set over the past few decades of, of gaming and iterative generations that gamers want backwards compatibility. And I get that the technology is different, um, but I was a little surprised to see some of the 
Sony apologists come out and and explain and and justify this because basically what Sony has told us is if you get something that's called PSVR two, so it's clearly linked to the initial you know PSVR that your gaming library is going to start from scratch. You can explain to me that yes, the tech is different, and I get all that kind of stuff, but. If you're going to sell me on this premium priced VR headset that's at the cutting edge of VR technology and then show me an old Star Wars game at your showcase last week, you're not really selling me on it. So I understand there are differences from a technical standpoint, but I think there might be ways to work around that. I don't want to get into all that, but I understand the negative reaction because the expectation of backwards compatibility has been set for years. Right. Um, and again, you know, every time PSVR comes out, I've said personally, they haven't shown anything that's really going to sell me on this. I really want to because I know it's cool technology, but, you know, it's it's just not doing it for me. And, and you know, I, I neither agree nor disagree. But again, I was a little bit surprised to see the amount of people coming out trying to justify this because really to me that backwards compatibility thing is an expectation. It's yeah. not something I use a lot personally, but I get why people would be a little bit pissed off by this. Right. So I'm not yeah. trying to play devil's advocate, but it's no, just, yeah. No, yeah. Dave, I, I honestly want to bounce pad off a tiny bit of what you said, because does that mean that PSVR two is going to be good? No. Will it suffer because it doesn't have PSVR one games? Yes. Is that a bad thing? Is the ecosystem not going to be as robust right away? Yes. That is a negative thing. I don't I don't want to make it seem like I understand why it doesn't work, but I still don't think it's a good thing, if that makes sense. Um, so but, I think that PSVR 2 is going to have the problem that PSVR 1 had, uh, and it's just going to be a lackluster catalog from what it seems. So I just don't know how they think they're going to rope in the consumer um, the Forbidden West game looks really cool, but most people don't buy consoles to just play one game. Um, so unless it's Half Life, Alex. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even that, it's like you know, I'm not right. even a Half Life fan, and I thought it was cool, but I definitely wouldn't be shelling out that much money if right. I didn't have it. So I don't well, know. Let me, let me offer my thoughts that are somewhere in between both of yours. I agree I love with when you're, I love when you're in between us. Ben. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, I, ooh. Uh, I, I agree with what both of you said. I think that it is different tech and it shouldn't work because if it did work, that would mean they were gimping the, I don't, is that an okay thing to say? They were intentionally depends on if you're into it. I don't know. Intentionally, oh my God. <laughs> intentionally breaking the legs of, of the PSVR two in order to work with a system that's older than that. I also agree that, we expect backwards compatibility. Yeah, the PS4 didn't have backwards compatibility, and we all bitched about it. The PS5 only has partial backwards compatibility, and we all bitched about it. We love when Xbox puts out backwards compatible games, and that's a great thing. But the real problem Sony has is not that this stuff isn't backwards compatible. It's that their messaging is awful. The person who said that the PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2, if I had to guess, now, this is a strong guess. That doesn't mean you will never be able to play them on the PSVR 2. What it means is with your PS5, you can just put a PS4 disc in and it works. With your PSVR 2, that's not going to be the case. You can't just boot up a PSVR game you have and it works. It's going to have to undergo a patch. It's not going to be automatic. And I would expect that the publishers, whoever they may be, whether it's Sony or a third party or whatever, 
are going to have the decision of whether they charge for that patch or not. But the problem is their messaging of PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2 is hopefully the wrong message. The message should be PSVR PSVR games will have to undergo a patch process in order to work with PSVR 2. If I get a game on the Nintendo Switch and it's designed to work with the motion controls, I don't expect it to just automatically work with the next Switch, I don't know, whatever, that doesn't have motion controls. An analogy I used on uh, a post on Facebook, not Facebook, God, on Twitter was if I had an arcade cabinet with a game in it, I wouldn't expect for that same game to automatically work with my PlayStation. Now I know there's a little difference because it's not the same system, but whatever. The point remains that like it's new hardware. That doesn't mean that the game should work. That means that the games won't work automatically. That doesn't mean that the games will disappear from your library or never be usable. We hope again. So I think if that's the case, if these games, I can't imagine, first of all, you bought, you bought Beat Saber on PSVR. It's led the charts for however long it's been out and it makes millions and millions of dollars. Do you think that those people aren't going to put out a patch to make it available on PSVR 2 and to continue selling you DLC and continue selling the game? I doubt it. Is it possible they'll charge a $10 upgrade fee? Sure. Would it be dumb? Absolutely. But I, I, just, I just feel like this messaging that set the world ablaze was stupid because there is no way that no PSVR games are going to work with the PSVR two. It's just, it's impossible. Right. And it's I feel like financially stupid. For I feel like also we have this expectation set by like traditional console. This is non-traditional hardware as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this right. is like uncharted territory. Um, you know, we have a couple headsets, but I don't know. I guess we expect the same things out of most tech and it is still a PS five peripheral at that right. um but no i kind of agree with you both in a in a, in a couple different ways it's going to be interesting um still not blown away by anything i've seen from them i don't know about you guys but no, i guess we'll see i think we talked about it last week but frankly the fact that they had this showcase the the state of play that said it was going to mention some of the psvr2 games that were coming out and they showed me two ports from <laughs> multiple years ago i'm like yeah you're not like i'm already like you know what the oculus two is pretty great for me. I don't know if I need another, especially depending on the price. I don't know if I need another right. VR system, except for the exclusives like Horizon and stuff like that. But when you come out and show me that you're going to give me games I've already played on the Quest, uh, why do I want that? Like, yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. They have a messaging problem for sure, not just in this area, but in a lot of areas. Um, and especially relating to backwards compatibility. It's like the people who talk about it at Sony themselves don't even understand it. So do do you guys remember when there was that fiasco? I think it's was, you know, when the Xbox one was in its early life cycle about like loaning games to people. Yes. And then Sony came out with that perfect video of them showing how you share games. And so it was literally just the one guy handing the game game to the other guy and it's like this is how you do it i feel like that sony of like cool funny and just direct messaging um is is so far gone now (laughs) yeah you're not the first person to say that for sure that's that's a hundred percent the feeling i feel i think in the industry right now Yeah. yeah yeah if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. 
If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, speaking of the PlayStation 5 and PSVR and all that kind of stuff, uh, the PlayStation 5 is set to get a unique overhaul in the middle of fiscal year 2023 with the new console launching around September of 2023. This comes from insidergaming.com and it says sources familiar with Sony's plans have shared details under the condition of anonymity outlining the next iteration of the PlayStation 5. It has been suggested that this new console will completely replace the A, B, and C chassis that has been in production since the console launch. By the way, that means the disk drive edition, the non-disk drive edition, and probably the edition that had the slight fan changes and the, the screws in the bottom, all that kind of stuff. The console currently named the D chassis PlayStation 5 will have almost identical hardware to the existing consoles already in the market. The most surprising new feature of this new PS5, though, is that the console will have a detachable disk drive. The detachable disk drive will connect to the PlayStation 5 using an extra USB-C port on the back of the console. It's understood that this new PlayStation 5 console will be sold on its own or in a bundle with a detachable, detachable disk drive. It's also understood that the disk drives can also be purchased separately. So if it gets busted, there's no need to buy an entirely new console. Okay. Um, Dave, impressions. <laughs> you, you had to, did you purposely come to the, 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 the PS5 digital, digital owner first? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Because uh, this is the real test, because if this thing comes out, and obviously we don't know this yet, if this thing comes out and uh, they say, yes, if you bought a PS5 digital and you feel like an idiot because you can't buy physical games anymore, then yes, you can buy this and now you have a disk drive. The question is, will I buy it? Right. I don't have an answer for you today, but um, I, I'm going to go back to the, the mixed messaging thing because you know when the PS5 first launched, it was... You know, if if you want to buy your games online and you don't care about owning a physical copy, um, then save yourself a hundred bucks and get this digital version. Or if you want the disc, then you get this one. So now there's like a middle ground. So whatever happened to that sort of like you know either or options are always good for the consumer. So I think you know from that from that perspective, it's it's a good thing. But it's. I feel like there was a drive to get more people on PSN and buying more games digitally. And this sort of seems a little bit counterintuitive to that. Um, I know I'm not really committing to any one opinion, but I, 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 I'm, you know, if this is in fact what it's going to look like when this, this next iteration of the PS5 comes out, um, I'm a little confused about what the actual aim of it is. I, again, if it's just to give consumers that middle ground option then you know options are always good so that's a good thing but it's a little confusing to me from a strategy and business standpoint so yeah brandon as another physical guy what do you think r.i.p physical <laughs> um i think this is honestly the beginning of the end i think this is them testing the waters they're going to give you the option right before it was you could buy one with or one without we give you the option and now the new flagship is this what I'm understanding is the new SKU is going to be digital with the option of buying a separate disk drive. That's what yes. these leaks are suggesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So 
Yes, that means to me that we are really at the end of physical gaming. Really. I mean, that that is what it means. One, I think it's absolutely idiotic um, to like early laptop, like getting a fucking separate disk drive seems like the silliest thing um, to me for some reason, having a separate component. It's so ugly and unnecessary. Um, but to me, this is a sign of we're really committing to this no disk thing. Um, and uh, as someone who mostly owns disks, um, that's not a favorable position for me to be in. So um, I think if the main hardware um, is now coming with an optional. It's not just one or the other. It's like all or non-disc, but you have this option. That's like the next step. You know, the next step after that is no option, you know? So that's really the direction I'm seeing this go. I didn't understand quite the point you made, Dave, about it not incentivizing digital. I think it's the exact opposite. If you have to take a separate device, you have to plug it in and it looks ugly as fuck and it's on the side of your console and you got to shove a disc into it, it is actually discouraging disc, if you ask me. Um, Just to clarify one thing you said there first, Brandon, the leaks suggest, and we don't know because it hasn't been announced, um, but this says, quote, sources familiar with Sony's plans have shared detail. Oh, sorry, I already read that part. Sources have implied that although the new detachable disc drive is portable, it will not ruin the aesthetics of the console and will attach to it without looking external, presumably meaning the new PlayStation 5 could look similar to the existing model. So I agree with most of what you're saying, but I just didn't want to make that distinction that that's what the leak suggests, that it would not be like, you know, sit on the side with a cord attached to it kind of thing. So it's not going to be like that Xbox 360 HD DVD yeah. attachment. <laughs> sorry, but, sorry. sorry but, something else to just kind of pop in my head that I think I need to elaborate on um, or add to my point. Um, we know that Sony is increasing the price of the PlayStation 5 in certain markets. However, we assume that this new console is obviously going to be available worldwide. I wonder if this is going to allow them to artificially charge more for the same console and then make a quick few extra bucks on this additional attachment for people like me who maybe have digital. Because um, I, I can only assume a disk drive isn't what is, is currently driving the price of of these yeah. consoles. It's got to be something else. So I would agree. maybe that's part of the strategy there. Well, um, and I, I think I mean, playing... Go ahead, Brandon. Well, I was going to say, I, I could be wrong, but I actually saw someone talk about the opposite where they're in, in the attempts to charge less. I agree with you, Dave. That that can't be what's eating the cost. So I can't imagine that that getting rid of it would decrease the cost or making it an option. But I saw someone say maybe they're trying to lower the price. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. It definitely, well, that, That's where I was going to go, Brandon, is that I think that... Uh, in manufacturing, and I don't have personal experience with this, but I have read and seen enough stuff to know that this is the common thing. In manufacturing, you want to produce as few different types of SKUs as possible. So if they can produce one singular PlayStation 5 and then also produce a disk drive that you can choose to have or not to have, that may end up reducing their overhead. Doesn't mean they're going to reduce the price of the PlayStation 5 and in all likelihood, it will stay the same or go up again. I, I doubt it's going to go up again, but it's possible. It, so I think it's probably more than an effort to continue reducing costs. That's what we've seen with every generation is they put out some new uh, piece of hardware that's the same hardware, but in a different form factor. And it's part of one decreasing the size and making it different because of tech, but also in reducing costs because they've had a little more time to refine it. They figured out things that work and don't work. And so I think that probably that's part of it. The other thing I was thinking, 
is that does this suggest that we, we know at launch they put out more disc PS5s than they did digital PS5s? Does this suggest that they have either one seen people with a physical PS5 just getting more games digitally? Because I know they have the access to see, like, does whatever console this is, whatever account it's connected to, what are they purchasing many things online? So is there a larger demand for people buying digital, even though they have a disc PS5? Or are they seeing an outcry from people who have a digital PS5 who are saying like, man, I know I bought this digital PS5, but now I want to play some of my old PS4 games and I don't want to buy them again. Or right. something similar. Well, I mean, we've even had that on the show a couple of times. Dave's like, I want to try this out. And Ben's like, I could just mail you the disc. And then right. we're like, <laughs> uh, sorry. So, yeah. I mean, maybe. It's kind of multifaceted. I'm really interested. I wish we got more numbers from Sony, but that wouldn't make sense. They'd never do that. Right. Um, Did you just confirm on the show that Sony listens to the show? Maybe that's why. It's, for me. it's all for Dude, me. <laughs> did you not see that, you know, even if he's not a part of the company necessarily, is Shu still a part of the company? He is still part of the company. He mostly works with Indies now. I was going to say. Seems like he probably got a demotion, but we don't know. We, we didn't get any information. I, he, he has to listen. Everyone in the Discord seen that photo of Dustin and I with Shu Hey Yushido. So <laughs> yeah. I would say that there's a pretty high chance that Sony is in the pocket here. Um, but there we go. So. This is mostly a, a PlayStation-centric show right now, which um, has not been the case most weeks. Usually it's either pretty balanced or we've talked more about Xbox, but more about PlayStation. And this is kind of about PlayStation. It's about Resident Evil 4, the remake. It is that coming to PS4 as well as PS5. Originally, we had heard that this game was going to be coming to PS5, or at least that was the presumption. And the, it was never dispelled. Now, uh, they have said that the game is also going to be coming to PS4. And we've been shouting out developers lately for developing games for the PS5 and just putting them there, or, or current-gen hardware instead of last-gen hardware. And now we see that Resident Evil 4 Remake is going to be on last-gen consoles. Um, seems like a, a defeat, although maybe a remake of a... 15 year old game doesn't need to be on the most modern hardware i don't know right but, uh dave you sent this to me what do you what do you you want to sound off um yeah so as you mentioned ben we've we've kind of been adamant on on at this point wanting to see a lot more games that were exclusive to next gen hardware just because you know it justifies the investment we made and we feel like we're playing a cooler game when we know it's only on that system however this being a remake i'm kind of okay with this um, I get that it's being remade from the ground up. This isn't a remaster or something, but, um, you know, considering this is a game we've already played before, um, I'm, I'm, Multiple I'm okay. Times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm it, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with this being on, on last gen hardware. It's not, it's not a huge deal. This to me, isn't a big triple a headline, new IP or a sequel. Uh, you know, this doesn't bother me as much as like, you know, God of War Ragnarok being on last gen because then I feel like I'm playing, uh, you know, an up-res PS5 oh, that would, game. That would never happen, Dave. That would never happen, though. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So um, I'm okay with this. I do kind of wonder what went behind the decision of of actually doing this because, you know, at one point we were under the impression that this was only going to be next gen. So I'm wondering if, you know, Resident Evil Biohazard is uh, obviously a really big series in, in Japan. Um, maybe this means that, uh, you know, hardware sales on PS5 are a little soft over there. I haven't seen the numbers, but that could be part of it. 
Um, you know, we know Japan is still very much mobile, very much switch dominated. So, yeah, I do. I do kind of wonder when it, what what went into this about face a little bit, because it is a little bit curious at this point for, for this to come out. But um, from a gaming perspective, I'm, I'm OK with it. I, I, I think it's fine. I'm really excited to play this, too, by the way. So. And you mean specifically for this game, you're OK with it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. For a remake. Yes. I'm, I'm, right. I'm OK with it. Brandon. Yeah. It feels a little bit hypocr- hypocritical to chariot what's happening now after I've shit on it so much. But <laughs> I think that you guys have brought up some good points. Um, this is an older game. And I think that's the biggest, biggest takeaway for me is that I don't think it would have benefited much more <laughs> um, from it not being on PS4 at this point. I think that both hardwares can probably easily sustain um, consistent performance. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys because I wasn't sure. And this is what I was under the impression of is that it was made for PS5. And then they saw that it was able to be made for PS4. At least that's what I was under the impression of. And that's not how it typically goes. At least during the cross-generational move, a lot of games were on PS4 and then they get a bootleg PS5 version more or less. So yeah. It is interesting because they have announced now that is coming to PS4 as well as PS5, but they still haven't said anything about the Xbox One. It's still only Xbox Series consoles. Gotcha. So So, I wonder if the architecture on the PS4 is different enough that it works for them. Well, I think also that's the big distinction, too. So not only that it is an older game, but that it seems like the new generations were forefront um of this project so that paired with it being old i i'm not concerned at all and they've done really well with every single remake that's been put out so i think we're just going to expect the same exact quality um and that's perfectly fine so i think it's going to be great i don't know if i'll play it personally um i played the first two of the remakes that they put out um but we'll see how it goes i should probably finish those before i start that one so yeah Man, I still need to play seven. I need to play it so badly. You guys, well, at least Dude. you, Brandon, have told me so many times to play it, and I just Dude. never have. Yeah, I there, want to. There's a very disappointing PS5 update if you're ever interested. So, a very disappointing. Elaborate. Watch the Digital Foundry video. It just, oh, okay, doesn't. It's okay. I mean, I'll probably play it on PC. So even, even better. Even though I have it physically on PS4, and I also <laughs> have it digitally with PlayStation Plus on PS4. I'll still probably play it on PC. You don't want to pop in your uh, PSVR one. You got to dust it off and play it there. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, man, I, I think I could. I should probably play four on the quest as well. That That'd would be, be cool. cool. Yeah, that yeah. would be dope. Honestly, I played a little bit of Biohazard on Dustin's PSVR yeah. one. And um, even for its shortcomings, the type of game it is is super unique for VR. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of the standout factor. About I think that, Dustin but. said he played it for like played the first level and bitched out. Yeah, yeah, he's a little, little spooky, little poo poo baby about yeah. it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand that because I don't really get scared. Like I used to not like horror movies because I thought that their intent was to scare me, and therefore, since they didn't scare me they were bad movies. Now I understand that it's about enjoying the ride, but what does scare me physically is jump scares and VR and resident evil are the perfect place for those to happen. The spookiness of it doesn't scare me, but the jump scares like physically startle you and you, there's nothing your body can do about that. So I don't know. We'll see. I might, I might check it out. Maybe I'll just, (laughs) uh, 
maybe I'll just play it on PC instead. So we'll see. Okay. EA Motive, the studio behind the upcoming Dead Space remake, which is supposed to come out in January, I think, has announced that it is developing an Iron Man game. In a new tweet from Motive's Twitter account, this comes from IGN, by the way, the Montreal-based EA studio revealed it was collaborating with Marvel Games on an all-new single-player action-adventure Iron Man game. The project is said to still be early in development. Uh, the tweet points out that the Iron Man project will be single-player action-adventure, which is where Marvel has had the most AAA games, uh, the most success in AAA games. Spider-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy are fan favorites among comic and MCU fans. And that's something that can't be said for the game that Brandon made me buy called Avengers. Damn. Yeah. So I don't know. Are you, I know, Brandon, you're not interested. Dave, I'll go to you first because you're more into the MCU. How do you feel about mode of working on an Iron Man game? I think we need more Iron Man in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's we've seen a resurgence of like really good Batman games, obviously in the past ten years or so, and and um, you know Marvel's Avengers didn't didn't work out too well. But I feel like a solo Iron Man game, if done well, with a lot of talent behind it, which you know could be their idea motive, could 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 do pretty well, and it's something we need. I know that you know the VR thing came and went, and I remember when they announced that it was going to be the big hot thing, and I, right. I understand it didn't really hit that well. But um, there was a Marvel's game showcase not long ago, a week or two ago, or something like that. Disney and Marvel, yeah. I do wonder why this wasn't a part of that. Um, maybe the timing just didn't line up. But I, you know, I, I guess we just got an announcement with no gameplay or no. Uh, screenshots or anything so maybe that you know they just didn't have enough to show for a showcase like that it could also mean that you know maybe there isn't a whole lot of faith in this game yet but in any case it's entirely possible that they didn't want to show something that was so far away that's true yeah they showed that black panther game though so who knows well yeah yeah i mean we get that a lot where we just get a title card or something like that and and iron man is title card worthy i think um you know we'll we'll remember wolverine from a couple years ago was literally just a CG thing of him sitting at a bar. So um, it could also mean that they just don't have faith in this game, but it it could mean a lot of other things. But in any case, I think Iron Man is an underserved um, sort of video game figure and uh, he could, he could use some love. That's for sure. Brandon. I think this is pretty interesting news coming off the backs of a recent Iron Game cancellation, um, one that was in the oh, works yeah. for a couple years. Yeah. Um, I find it very strange that another studio would be working on one so soon to a massive multi-year commitment being canceled, but a little strange to me. Um, I don't think that I have full confidence and motive to be able to handle this, but what I will say is that they did manage to turn Battlefield 2 around. Um, so I know that they can turn Battle a game around. Battlefront 2. Is that what I said? What did I say? Battlefield. It's a Battlefield. Um, I knew what you meant, but it's clarifying <laughs> for you. So I know they can turn a game around, right? But whether mm-hmm. or not they can launch something that's going to be good is another story altogether. Um, some people like Squadrons. I thought it was incredibly lackluster. Yeah. Um, and if you weren't playing in VR, I feel like there wasn't really much of a point. Um, so I don't know, man. They just, they're not proven to me. I think that Iron Man is a really strong IP that can have great potential, but it seems like almost every studio that comes up against it, whether that be Crystal Dynamics um, or whoever the fuck worked on that canceled game but um 
definitely divisive. Uh, you have such a strong story, such a strong lineage through this character. So I wonder how they're going to adapt to that. Um, I guess we'll find out. They've never made something exactly like this, from what I understand. So um, is well, it the thing? The thing that gives me hope for it is that uh, every other Iron Man game, not every other, but most other Iron Man games I can think of off the top of my head have had some sort of catch. I mean, Iron Man was in the Avengers. Of course, that game has its own story. There was the VR Iron Man game, which by all accounts of the people who played it was pretty good, but I don't know many people who played it, and including myself, and I'm a massive Marvel fan. So, I mean, what's that say? <laughs> and uh, there was Iron Man was in... Uh, there was some other game with Iron Man in it that had some other sort of catch. I can't remember. But if they made a game where it's, I don't know, third-person action and you're not trying to actually fly around in first person as Iron Man. The coolest part about being Iron Man is seeing Iron Man. It's not the flying part. We have lots of games where you can fly. The coolest part about being Iron Man is actually seeing Iron Man work and shoot the lasers and it's, uh, you know, everything like that's, that. That's so, what Anthem got wrong. We well, that's what Iron I was Man. just thinking. I wonder how much, yes, you're right. It is what Anthem got wrong. <laughs> I wonder, excuse me. I wonder how much impact because it's, they're both EA, right? I wonder how much impact the Anthem devs will have on this game, if any. Because they they did nail certain things about Anthem. Anthem was really good in certain respects, but in most other respects, it wasn't. So a single player, triple A, hopefully third person adventure game as compared like some of those same principles they had in Anthem very well could be transferred over to this game. I know they're different devs, but they're under the same umbrella. So you would assume there's some collaboration there. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. I think that's most of what we have for news. Did I miss anything that you guys wanted to talk about? No. Okay. Let's move on to what we've been playing. Uh, Dave, I usually start with you. We'll start with Brandon today no, because he's going to talk about call of duty and Dave, you had sent me an article kind of about call of duty. So we can just talk about that in with the discussion of call of duty. So Dave, you, did you play a couple days of the beta? Let me just ask you right up or right off. I did. Yes. Okay, cool. And I plan uh, on playing more this weekend. Yeah, me too. Um, me so too. really, really interesting. I woke up put before us. I don't think anybody really knew how much was going to change. Um, I think if I thought to myself, it was going to be just 2019 over again. And they seem to have completely flipped it on its head in a couple different ways. Um, the movement is now much more boots on the ground. A lot of people are describing the beta as a little bit slower. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that in all aspects. You do feel like you are wearing armor and that you're holding a fucking gun that's not <laughs> 25, 30 pounds. It, it just feels more realistic um, in a lot of different ways. Um, the shooting itself, the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay slash shooting feels much more like a battlefield to me personally than a Call of Duty has felt in a long time, um, which I'm not saying as a negative. Um, it actually feels more realistic, which I feel like at one point was kind of the goal of Call of Duty games, but I feel like over the years they've just become the twitchiest, most hit scan fucking nightmare that you could possibly imagine. I mean, um, if you put enough attachments on a gun, they all can feel exactly the same. <laughs> um, so, I just feel like a lot of the nuance gets missed um, in these games. And I feel like I, I was rediscovering that in this beta. Um, Gunsmith 2.0 is really cool. Um, some of the actual decisions they made, like... what Can you... I know what it is, but can you elaborate? What is Gunsmith 2.0? No, so they essentially changed the way they do all guns. Um, 
now like guns do in real life um sometimes you start with frames and then you progress through frames so for instance if you got the original m4 frame once you've leveled that frame you then unlock a different version of that frame so for instance eventually you would unlock the m16 burst fire version of that frame and within those frames once you've unlocked attachments you can transpose those to other frames of the same class so it kind of alleviates some of the grind because, you know, you get a new frame, a new a new weapon, for instance, an M16. And once you've leveled it a couple times, you can transpose your M4 attachments to that M16. Um, so it's a really intuitive and interesting way to deal with gunsmithing. Um, and uh, honestly, it was really neat to see in action. Um, I'm interested to see how many of the guns have variations like this, because in the beta, we only saw three different variations of this i think or two um so we got just enough to really 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 pique my interest um i said in the discord i tend to like whenever a new call of duty comes up i'm so excited that i don't judge it very harshly but legitimately after having a day or two away from the game i'm feeling mostly on the whole, one might say, very positive about the game. Um, so I, I was honestly wondering what Dave thought because I I had reached level 15, which is essentially all you can do um, in the game. You'll actually still be playing and having fun, but like if you want a reward, there's nothing after 15 for the first weekend. And I was still playing it. I mean, I was just having fun playing the game. Imagine that. Not. So, playing a game without any um, reward. I know. And that's something that sometimes Call of Duty lacks. Like, I mean, a lot of the fun is the leveling and stuff, but it doesn't have to be. I feel like sometimes, you know, between Cold War and Vanguard, I kind of forgot that because if I wasn't leveling a gun when I leveled all the assault rifles, I stopped playing because it wasn't fun enough to keep me engaged. And once that reward was gone, I was gone. Um, And even the beta itself in its, you know, three map state with a couple different guns to literally a couple different guns. Um, it brought me back. So that's actually a really good sign. And my, uh, not only my performance, but, um, the performance of the beta was better than I've seen in multiple, multiple years. So easily, easily Vanguard released in a worse state (laughs) than this beta was running. (laughs) Um, it might've had more maps and full amount of guns, but I was there day one of Vanguard and, and of cold war and, this was pretty damn good is what I'm trying to say. So what did you think, Dave? That was a little long winded, but yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're the, you're the resident call of duty correspondent here on, on the handsome phantom podcast. So I think (laughs) that's, that's, we need you to take time to talk about this. So I played it as well. Um, I'm coming from a much different perspective than Brandon in that, like I've only recently gotten back into call of duty with cold war and Vanguard. And, um, I'm a little bit more casual when these when they when it comes to these games, but when I picked up Cold War, I instantly felt like adequate at the game. And the more I played it, the more I started to get into it. And that was, you know, credit to the moment to moment gameplay for me. Same thing with Vanguard. You know, there was a bit of more of a learning curve because I think the time to kill was a little bit shorter, but it didn't take long before I felt adequate at the game. Modern Warfare 2, based on the short time that I had with it, it's a beta. It's it's also going to be a two-year game, so I think these are things that we have to keep in mind. But playing Modern Warfare 2 reminded me of playing 
the old Call of Duty games that got me out of Call of Duty in yeah. that no matter what I did, I felt inadequate. Um, before I kind of get into what I mean by that, um, there's a lot I liked about it. I, it looks fantastic, as you'd expect. It's the best looking Call of Duty game ever. Um, and I'm not just saying it's it's an iterative increase, but it, it looks great. Um, the the feel of shooting and and the guns and stuff like it it had a different weight to it. It felt, as Brandon said, it felt realistic. It felt um, modern and military and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, Brandon and I kind of talked about this uh, the other day, and and Infinity Ward has always been, at least recently, at the forefront of audio in these games. So. Um, footstep audio is a really big thing in Infinity War Call of Duties and uh, that's cool it plays into strategy and stuff but I think what they've done with footstep audio amongst other things is I don't want to say kill mobility but really put a damper on it in that if you play aggressive and want to run around and find kills in a game like this you are at a disadvantage so the way I feel like the way I play that I will never be adequate at this game I do understand that skill-based matchmaking, skill-based matchmaking effectively doesn't work in a beta because, you know, there aren't enough levels. Everybody's going to be playing in completely mixed lobbies. So if I gave it more time, I know that might resolve itself. But if this is a game where it's slower and, you know, you're going to get a lot more camping and a lot more pre-aiming and pre-firing when you turn around the corner and I feel like every time I get killed, like I had no chance, then that's, that's tough for me to accept. And it's it's... Yeah, so, I mean, that was my short experience with the game. I think there's some other things that that could be fixed next weekend or the weekend after. Visibility was one of them. Um, I found I, I had a really hard time sort of seeing enemies, like, against backdrops because this is a much more drab Call of Duty compared to the last two. Um, but, yeah, my, my, my first, if you know, if I was going just based on this weekend, which I'm not going to make a purchasing decision based on that, I would be out at this point. But I'm going to give it another weekends coming up and then i think there's another weekend following um so i'm gonna give it time but this certainly feels like a different call of duty that doesn't necessarily appeal to me but i know a lot of people are gonna love it um but uh yeah that was my experience with with the beta so far further to your point dave about the skill gap um it could also partially be that uh this weekend was pre-order only and it was, you know, it was a closed beta. So you have to assume, at least on some level, that the people who are most passionate about Call of Duty were the ones playing that you were playing against. So, and and in my position, so I did not pre-order. So I was able to get in on Sunday and I'm playing with the pre-order people who've already gotten to know the maps and gotten to the feel of the gun. So and that's why I, I really kind of want to withhold my my judgment in that decision for, you know, an, another couple of weekends, because you're right. I recognize that, too. But yeah, I was really without pre-ordering. Uh, so on Sunday, it was an open beta. Starting oh, okay. Sunday was open beta for all PlayStation. But only on PlayStation. Got it. Yeah. 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 yeah I've I've heard a little bit of that, that what you said, Dave. Did you? I can't remember. I don't think you played much of uh, Modern Warfare 2, did you? I didn't. No, I played okay. a bit of Warzone and I played the initial beta actually for Handsome Phantom. Phil and I wrote an article. But, or, sorry, uh, Modern Warfare, not Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2019. Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't. And it, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with that. Right. So. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of it, Brandon. Does it does it feel like it goes back more to its roots, not to its roots, but to the the same patterns? Because I felt the opposite. I felt like I fell right into Modern Warfare twenty nineteen, but then with uh, with the Black Ops and Vanguard, I felt like it was 
the wrong speed of game for me. Right. To play. No, I can. It definitely is a return to form of sorts. I feel like all of the Call of Duties often have different feels. Uh, I talk to a lot of people that tend to gravitate towards one or two of the developers and not usually all three. Um, I usually talk to people who are Treyarch fans and they do just literally play differently. They just do. And if you don't think they do, you're wrong. Um, Hopefully they won't in the future, but they do now. Right. And so... I think, moreover, I do think the footstep audio does need to be adjusted slightly. They have an entirely new engine mechanic for this footstep thing. And I think that's something to note that... Which, sorry to interrupt. I'm just going to keep buttoning in here. Uh, Modern Warfare 2019, also at launch and prior to launch, had footstep audio issues. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And so... It's always been a back and forth. Even, you know, 2019 engine was the same one Warzone is in currently. Um, So that's been something they've been struggling with for a long time now. But I remember even in the day, you know, Modern Warfare 2, the original Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. Thinking to myself, if I don't have a headset playing... I'm going to do worse. And that is just the type of game it is. Um, So this has been something that has actually always been present and whether or not, you know, games like Cold War or games like Vanguard really tone that up, it's still there. But I feel like it's always been something that's been in the forefront of my mind when I'm playing a Modern Warfare game, period. Because I remember having that exact same thought fucking 10 years ago um, at this point, um, playing on 360. So um, I think that it adds an interesting level of immersion to the gameplay. And I think that it could be detrimental to people who weren't using headphones. I do agree with that. And whether or not that's fair, I don't know. Um, but I really fuck with it. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm really excited, honestly. Like, like I I want the second weekend to be here already because I want to play with Ben. And honestly, Dave, I hope I get to play with you before this all ends. Um, but I already bought it. So I'm in. Uh, right. For sure. I mean, and you knew you were going to buy it. Either I was going to buy it anyway. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a sick experiment. I've been disappointed multiple times in a row. Um, that being said, I have no less than 40 hours on all the past four or five. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I just think that there needed to be a large change, whether that be in Warzone 2 or the next mainline game. And I think that's exactly what we're getting. And that will turn some people off. But I think there's also a lot of good to be had here as well. Um, you know, the decoy grenades are fucking amazing. I don't know if you fuck with those, Dave. Like, there's a ton of little stuff that I'm not going to really dive into right now um, that is new and I think will be an addition to the series. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, I want everybody to try it, to be honest with you, because I feel like it really does play slightly different than anything we've seen in a couple years. So if you're even passingly interested in duty, check it out this next coming weekend. So. Yeah, I'm really excited to get to jump in. I've been excited for a while. I, uh, for those who have been around, have known for a long time that uh, I was huge into 2019 and into Warzone. And I fell off because around the time of all the hacking issues and I just was having a bad time with it. But I'm anticipating the return of the uh, the Ben Call of Duty streams. I'll probably split my time between that and Sea of Thieves. So uh, I'm as long as it's at least somewhat good, if it's better than Black Ops and Vanguard, I anticipate that I'll be uh, I'll be very pleasantly surprised or not surprised, but I'll be pleased. Brandon, anything else on your plate this week? Yeah, man, I um, I downloaded the uh, Wulong. Oh, yeah. Did you guys check that out? Wulong <laughs> Fallen Dynasty. 
watched this, a bit on Twitch, but I didn't have the, uh, I wasn't brave enough to download that one. That's for sure. Man, <laughs> I just, I have no idea how to feel about this game. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I am a fan of Team Ninja. Neo 1 is an undoubtedly a masterpiece to me. Um, Neo 2 was a little bit more convoluted, and I didn't feel like putting the time into it to understand the mechanics, but I'm sure it was just as deep uh, and pleasurable if you were interested. But um, this is completely different um, in all perceivable ways. Um, so I'm, I'm struggling to even describe this game, to be honest with you. I really am putting it in the frame of Neo, which is my biggest downfall. I think having known Neo has made me view this game differently. Um, it's nothing like Dark Souls at all. Um, and I need to try it again before it goes away because I played multiplayer, which if you want this game to be easy, play multiplayer. I fucking blitzed at... I, I don't know if they need to balance it or, you know, make the enemies harder whenever you summon someone in. I don't know if that mechanic's already there, but it didn't seem like it because what was perceivably a couple hour run ended up being like 45 minutes with somebody else. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I don't think I will end up getting this game. I love the way it looks, but it is another game that really focuses in on parrying and dodging kind of like a parry it kind of melts the two together and maps your dodge button in the same as your parry button um slash dodge so i don't know man it looked really cool and it actually played really well i saw people bitching about how it looked on the internet and i thought it looked great on ps5 i don't know about ps4 if it's even there but um i'll keep my eye on it for sure i doubt i'll end up getting this but i'm glad to have at least tried it um it honestly made me just want to play Neo. So for what yeah. it's worth, if that, uh, if, uh, yeah, I, nice. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just talking in circles, but um, played Wulong and I'm still playing uh, Metro Exodus. I do want to just say a couple more things about this. Every time I go to a new environment in Metro, this, I didn't know what type of game this was, but it, it takes you to vastly different environments. Every time you progress the story, constantly amazed i mean just constantly this game runs like an absolute dream on ps5 and every environment feels unique and interesting um i will say i am getting slogged down with the dialogue that is the absolute worst part of this game they drone on for five fucking years every single person i talk to drones on and i've actually started to not care about the audio <laughs> a lot of the times because i have so much fun playing this game and you know whether it be the cannibals in one area or you know some barren guy in another area it's so interesting and cool and it looks fucking awesome um but the dialogue is losing me. That is like my biggest complaint with the game. Aside from them saying my name 5,000 fucking times. Did I tell you guys about this? Yeah, Artyom. You did. Artyom. Yeah. Dude, I swear to God, if one more person formally greets me, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really cool. Just like genuinely, genuinely cool. Such an interesting experience that I would never, ever have probably tried um, if I didn't have premium. So I don't know what I'm going to play next, but that's pretty much all I've been checking out this week. Um, so nice. what, what about you guys? What about Dave? Uh, yeah, just before I don't have much to talk about, but I just want to quickly echo some of my memories from Metro Exodus is I just to sort of build on what you said about like the different 
I'll call them biomes that you visit because you yeah. spend a little bit of time in each one. What I really liked about them is the size because in some of these games, sometimes they give you a map and it's so vast that the thought of even trying to explore optional stuff just kind of overwhelms you. But cool thing about Metro Exodus is like you have all these like these four or five separate biomes that are so unique and interesting from each one's and they're not that big. So, no. you know, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time just going out and checking out optional stuff on the side, but they, they're at least big enough to feel like it's an adventure to get off the beaten path and check out something. So yeah, you're bringing back memories. I really like that game too. Uh, I've been playing nothing other than um, I uh, played Modern Warfare 2 this weekend and still just slowly working my way through Devil May Cry 3. Um, not much more to add about that game. I feel like it gets better the longer you play it because, you know, you start to get to know the combos and, and get comfortable with that stuff more and you just get better and more stylish at it. So yeah, yeah, that's about it for me. Nice. I have been playing a few different things, but a couple of things I really want to want to highlight. Uh, one is a game called You Suck at Parking. It's basically a game. It was on, it came out on Game Pass. I just downloaded it. I only played it for one night for a couple hours and then probably never again. But Ben, you uh, need to know I pitched them. You pitched them? Yeah, I did. For PR? Yep. Oh, I did. Yeah. Nice. They I said didn't no. realize that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did they actually respond to you? I believe they did. Yes. Nice. Okay. They were the ones who did. But, yeah. Well, anyway, so they, um, the game is basically your, your character is a car. There's different worlds you go into and then there's stages. And of course they get more and more complex as you go with different mechanics. But basically your goal is to drive really fast to get where you're going and then get in this little tiny parking space and stop there on the dot. There's no reverse. There's just, gas and brake and turn and so uh it's a lot of fun but after a couple hours with it probably do going through there's like islands that you go through with multiple levels on them i think i did two or three of the islands and i think there's like a billion uh, i was just like okay well i get what this is and i'm done with it that's fine and uh so that was it was good for a game pass game if it's not something that like if you have game pass it's a no-brainer jump on it play it if you like it you could certainly continue or buy it on another platform, whatever, but it's worth the download or even I think it's available on cloud. Um, it just wasn't something I wanted to stick with. I've been playing a little bit more Dreamlight Valley, although I've kind of already fallen off much faster than I did with like Animal Crossing, which I played for hundreds of hours when it came out. Um, it's really cute. And I think it's a game that I could like log into a couple times a week, do a couple things for an hour and then peace out. Um, but it just... It's holding my attention enough to keep booting it up and keep it installed, but not enough to sink dozens of hours into it um, like I thought I might. The two other things I want to talk about are also Game Pass games. All four of my games this week are Game Pass games. Uh, Tinykin is another game that came out recently. Essentially, you're, can, you're turned into like a tiny little person, and I think you go back in time or something like that. I wasn't even really 100%. The story wasn't that fascinating to me, but the gameplay is really fun. Essentially, if you can think of like a game like Pikmin, where you're going around getting little um, Pikmin, in this game, you go around and you get little Tinykin, and they all have different abilities. Some of them, like you can throw them and they blow up. Some of them help build bridges. Some of them are able to stack on top of each other. Like there's a lot of different varieties for them. And you're going around these giant rooms that are really just normal people-sized rooms, but you're a little tiny dust mite-sized person and using these tinykin to complete your goals. And you're, you know, you're building something in the overworld, the, uh, the hub world, to uh, try to escape. 
But in the meantime, you're solving all sorts of little puzzles and you're picking up Tinykin so that you can continue to do different deeds and deliver them around to um, different NPCs and stuff like that. And uh, it's just really charming. And this, the gameplay was super satisfying. I think I have all the achievements except for one. There's there's pollen in the game and pollen goes to like help you upgrade uh, one of your skills. And I think I have all the uh, achievements in the game, except there's two levels where I'm missing like literally three little pieces of pollen. And I'm talking like there's thousands of them in each level and I just can't find them. So I'm like, OK, whatever. I don't this is fine. But uh, it was really addicting. Probably took me six to eight hours. An easy to recommend game for me, especially for a Game Pass game. But I think it's on all platforms. And uh, I would, if I hadn't already played and beat it, I would definitely buy it. If knowing what I know now, because it's uh, it's really fun. The last game, maybe tops Power Wash Simulator for my favorite game of the year. I know ah, it's insane. Damn. It's Metal Hellsinger. Ooh, metal, oh, yeah, Metal really? Hellsinger, dude. Do you remember how high I was on um, BPM? BPM. I've talked about BPM endlessly. I loved BPM. It was awesome. It's awesome. This game takes all of BPM and ratches it up to a higher level. Uh, basically, the gist of the game is you are a demon slash angel who is trying to infiltrate hell. And you have some like sick ass guns. And you're basically destroying demons and progressing through the levels trying to defeat uh, the judge, who is, you know, for all accounts, essentially the devil, the the, the big boss. And the, the the kick of the game is that there is metal music playing, and this these, these tracks were all developed for this game, and not just for this game, but each track is designed for each level. And you have to shoot, reload, dash, all that on the beat. Now, you don't have to do that, but if you don't, it, you, you suffer for it. Your your multiplier goes up. You get different boons and stuff like that that help you the more you're on beat. And as someone who I love first person shooters, I love rhythm games and I love metal music as as someone who fits all those boxes. This game is like literally designed for me and people exactly like me. Um, I played through the whole thing and granted, it's only I don't know. It's hard to even know how long I played it for because I was just like went into a trance. But there's uh, probably eight to ten levels, and I played through all of it in like one day, I think. And that is not something I normally do. And, you know, there is a there's a leaderboard thing, so you can go back and try to get higher up on the leaderboard. There's multiple different uh, uh, difficulties. So there's like there's easy, medium and hard or what I don't know what they're actually called, but uh, those are the different difficulties. And then there's different challenges within each level that you can play as well. And as you when you defeat the boss in that level, the challenges open up to you and the challenges are all like in an arena based thing with which are like waves. Uh, but you get different challenges within those challenges. Like in this one, you have to 100 uh, percent kill the enemies on the beat. And in this one, you have to only use this weapon or. In this one, you have to, every time you kill an enemy, your weapon will change and you have no control over what weapon you're using. And every time you complete one of those, it gives you a new uh, ability that you can then select for the next level you're about to play. And of course, you upgrade those and everything too. I cannot recommend, if you are somebody who likes first-person shooters, you have any rhythm whatsoever, and you don't hate, I'm not even going to say you have to love, but you don't hate metal music, it's like, a dream come true. Um, if you even are somebody who liked Doom, and I say Doom not only because of the the Hellions, but because of the music in Doom, then I think you would find this game enjoyable if you like those other things. 
Um, really surprised me. I was anticipating, I was looking forward to it, but I was like, I've played so many of these rhythm shooters that it's like old hat at this point. I jumped into this game and whether it was the gameplay or the music or the combination of them, I just was like blown away by it. So I would strongly give you guys a recommendation for this. Dave, I don't know if you're in the metal, but I know Brandon at least has dabbled with metal in the past. Oh, dude. I'm and a, I know you would enjoy it. Absolutely. I'm a metalhead for sure. I think, Brandon, you're probably eligible for another uh, one month, uh, $1 one month Game Pass trial. So you should. Oh, no shit. I think you probably. I mean, I don't I'm know for to, sure. I'd be willing one, to check it out, though. I mean, yeah, at least for a month. It's been a while. Maybe I'll pop on after after Metro. Yeah, there you go. Hell, you, yeah, yeah, definitely do it. So I would recommend that game to anybody. It's quite possibly my game of the year at this point. God damn. I know. Wow. It's insane. It's high praise from me because I don't even use things like game of the year. But I did you even did. beat Elden Ring? Did I? No, I sure didn't. <laughs> I sure didn't. I'm just clowning, dude. I know. It's funny with Elden Ring. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I just, I'm done with it. Yeah, I, just didn't, okay. I just didn't have the desire to press on. It wasn't even like, I mean, it was hard, but I wasn't like rage quitting or anything. It was just like, okay. No, I've should have made, should've a, made it a, a New Year's resolution. I was going to say, you weren't rage quitting because you didn't, you didn't get even fill that new, fulfill that New Year's resolution. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, you adjusted the New Year's resolution. <laughs> I Your resolution was to beat the game without a guide, and you did not do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, beating the game, that was the important part of the resolution. Oh, okay. So yeah. resolutions are made right. to be adjusted. Right. Yes. I've got that tattooed on my lower back. Okay. <laughs> right next to your long, long crack. We know. No, it's right next to Ubisoft for life. So. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Assassin's, yeah. Assassin's like, yeah. you know, conveniently located. So. Right. Guys, that's all we got. Yeah. For today. It. Remember, you can hang out with us over on Discord. Discord.com slash handsome phantom. No, that's wrong. Don't do that. Handsomephantom.com slash Discord will take you there. You can also support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash handsome phantom. As little as a dollar a month ad for early access, our undying love and support. I made up the support part, but we will love you. Boys, it's good to see you. Good to talk yeah, to you. Yeah. As always. Good to see you too. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support. Wormhat. Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Derek O. Oh.